You grew up surrounded by forest in Denmark, and then you decide to get into whittling wood. Next thing you know, you're studying design and furniture making in the Danish style. A little bit later, you move to the United States. You start to experience what home life is like in the U.S. versus in Denmark. Which one's better? This is one of my favorite conversations that I've ever had. Let's get into it. Hey, I wanted to pop in real quick at the top of the episode to tell you about launch month here in my whole home life multiverse of things between the podcast and the newsletter and more to come. And uh, what I want to tell you about is for this month only, March 2023 launch month, if you sign up by the end of the month to become an annual premium subscriber to the Home Life Design Lab newsletter, then you are going to not only get all the premium perks, but you're also going to get an extra special gift completely for free, which is full access to the Home Life Design Lab course that's coming out uh, later this year. So it's something I'm really excited about. If you ask anybody who's ever done a course with me, they'll let you know Matt designs courses that are highly transformative, experiential. Uh, it's not just like informative talking head stuff. You'll get fully engaged and it'll be interactive and we'll have a great time with it. Now, I want you to be a part of that and I don't want you to miss out. So follow the link in the show notes um, before the end of March 2023 and become an annual premium subscriber to the newsletter. And that's what you'll get completely free access to that so that you can you know, create a home life that you are just thrilled with, in love with, thrive in. That's what I want for you. So check that out if this captures your fancy. Uh, you know, enough with this little commercial at the top of the episode. Let's get on with the rest of the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Home Life for Extraordinary Impact. On this show, you'll get to witness raw in the moment research I'm doing with experts and everyday people all around the world. What am I researching? Uh, one central question is what I'm researching. How do you design your life at home for growth, connection, and really making your greatest contribution to the world around you? On this podcast, I'll do be doing this research and you can follow along with my analysis, the findings uh, for all of this on the Home Life Design Lab newsletter. Uh, I ask for you to subscribe to that. Check the link in the show notes to uh, take a look at that. By the way, my name is Matt Barrios. I'm a husband, dad, writer, researcher. I'm going to be your host today as we explore all of these things and more. We're going to hear from my conversation partner today, um, Brian, and he's going to introduce himself in a moment. But before we jump in, I just wanted to say a little thank you to you, Brian, for being part of this project. Uh, you have an interesting angle on home life, uh, and we'll get into your background. I'll let you speak to it a little bit, but I'm so excited for this conversation. So thank you for taking the time to be a part of it, and I look forward to learning from you. So um, Brian, would you tell me and uh, the people who are listening a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, uh, my name is Brian and I'm a furniture, furniture maker, designer from Denmark, Scandinavia. I think I said I was a piece of furniture right there, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I make design furniture, wooden furniture in particular. And yeah, that's my daily life at a at a shop here in uh, central Vermont and I do it on the side kind of on, on my own as well and have done for about 15 years now. That's um, awesome. Yeah. I was so interested in talking to you because as we're, as I'm exploring home life, I know actually like an important dimension of our home lives is, is our furniture and like the things that we choose to put in our homes, to sit on, to use all of that. And especially, sure. um, your background as, uh, uh, a wood craftsman who's trained in like Danish Scandinavian design methods and everything. Um, yeah. so I was just so curious, like, um, yeah, to, to, ask questions to you about home life um, in order to get like even more of a little bit of a picture of who you are and stuff. Um, 
I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. So that's sure. your background. Um, yeah. What are some of the places that have felt like home to you before we get into like, you know, kind of your professional expertise and stuff, just give yeah. people a perspective on what, what is home? What are the home places for you? <clears throat> um, so I have moved around a lot in my life. Um, even as a kid, my parents moved, uh, like every two or three years. My dad was a very restless person. Um, but when I think about home, it's always like the picture that pops in my head is like our first home when I was a small kid. We lived there for about six years, I think. And it, it, it was kind of a weird, um, like a, a weird little thing we had going. My dad was a deacon at a church. So it was like part home, apartment, house type thing. And then the other half was a church. And then we, we hosted all the feature, like uh, preachers, guest speakers and whatever would come to the church. They'd sleep over in an additional apartment in the place. And uh, yeah, we'd feed them and take care of them while they were there. Uh, but that, that definitely one, like I, just remember spending a lot of time in the kitchen with my mom and mm. that's the image uh, of home. And, um, and there's another place. Uh, we didn't have a lot of money when I was growing up, but for a short while we owned a house in the countryside. And um, that was like in the middle of nature, basically. And that all also is like a strong, home feeling that I feel we somehow kind of replicate now we're in Vermont and live in a little place with trees all over all around us. So that's uh, like how I prefer to live, I think. Hmm. And kind of no surprise there in some ways, you as a wood craftsman to be surrounded by forest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're literally in your element. Yeah. Uh, so uh, a few things I want to follow up on because that sound, sounds very interesting to um, hear about your dad. You said like he's kind of a restless type who wanted to move around a lot. So that led to yeah. him, uh, transitioning to lots of living environments, right? Um, one of the, the things that I'm exploring is the way, you know, the feeling of home can be yeah. in many places, right? Yeah. What What are some of the through lines through the different places you've called home that have always felt like, oh, this is home for me? Yeah, that, that, uh, that's a good question. I actually, uh, I feel like I've lived a lot of places, but most of them I have not had a home feeling. Hmm. Uh, I, I, it's, um, well, I've lived a lot on my own through the years, and I feel like home is the thing you do together. Um, it doesn't feel like home when you just walk in the door by yourself and put your stuff away to be with yourself. Uh, it, in those years where I've lived alone, the, the feeling of home is kind of a thing that comes to me when I'm then maybe hosting a dinner and inviting people into my home. Um, yeah, so I wouldn't say there's a through line per se. Uh, it's definitely like a, um, there is an element of like trying to feel comfortable wherever you are. And I do that by bringing, I have like a, like a small set of objects I've always brought to wherever I would live and, and like having those objects that are, are and have been part of you for years is of course, a, a, that too carries a sense of feeling home. Um, yeah, but I, I really do feel like it's a thing you can't just do on your own. Mm. That makes sense. It does. Like, so in your 
your experience, it sounds like people and connection is yeah. part of what creates home, including connection, you know, perhaps sentimental connection to these objects that are yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that travel with you. Right. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Home is a, you know, it's a safe space. And if you, if you can, you know, just seeing familiar, if not faces, then familiar objects, familiar furniture or whatever surrounding you with that feeling of safe, safe space, safe, safe. Uh, yeah. Like that, that's part of home to me, I, I feel. Hmm. That's lovely. I think it is valuable to have that sense of uh, belonging, safety, security in your home, yeah. for sure. Um, I find it interesting how much uh, hospitality and hosting was a large part of your growing up, like p- partly because of your dad's connection to the church and hosting people where you yeah. live and everything. Um, and now it's interesting to hear how that is also connected to your understanding of what home is, right? Like. Yeah, yeah. With people, there you host people. You live with people. You're connected to them. And, yeah, um, yeah. I, that's a uh, one of those themes I'm hearing in your story. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, I definitely feel like that's true. Like we're we've only been here in Vermont for four months now, and just this weekend or right now until. The middle of this week we have a friend visiting from san diego and that kind of you know like christening our home our house becomes a home <laughs> with the people coming into it it's uh, sure. yeah oh my gosh yeah um i'm hearing this clicking in the background just in case anybody else is hearing this but uh i i think uh my uh I live in a, a large apartment complex in San Francisco, and I think the trash is being taken out right now. So <laughs> that's so funny. But just in case anybody's wondering what that sound was, uh, but maybe you couldn't hear it at all. Um, uh, you know, you you mentioned that you recently moved, um, and I wanted to hear about like your home now. So, like, give us a little walkthrough. Like, you you mentioned that it's in more of a rural, foresty place, right? Yeah, um, it is. Yeah. Um, so we we. Uh, we picked the area because of, of my job. I, uh, we, we sought out uh, Vermont, didn't know anything about it before uh, this summer. Um, but felt like we needed a change from California. And this is like probably the biggest change. You, <laughs> like it's completely the opposite of California. Um, basically, you can't find any big cities here everything is more or less rural and um yeah there's more of a culture for craftsmanship and smaller community uh like sensibilities that we like and missed in california um so uh the place we live is is um is a duplex and our plan is that we want to eventually buy a property here. Um, but yeah, we live in a, a duplex. We have a, another couple living upstairs. It's a small city called, or it's not a city. It's a town, <laughs> I guess, barely, uh, called Graniteville. And, uh, yeah, um, one floor apartment, um, it's uh, not our dream scenario right now, but it, it is starting to feel cozy. Um, yeah. Um, so do you want me to, to tell you a walkthrough of the... Yeah, the- that'd be awesome, actually, because I love hearing, like, you know, what what does the environment feel like? You know, as if, like me and the people listening are like, oh, we just got invited over to Brian's house. Like, what, <laughs> yeah. you know, what, what would we experience walking through the door? Yeah, uh, well, we have a, like a kitchen, kitchen eating area with an open wall to like serve food for the people sitting at the uh, 
dining table, which is right when you walk in the door. And then we have a huge bookshelf uh, with way too many books. <laughs> that was the big deal when you moved here. It was like, uh, it took up so much space in our containers. But yeah. Uh, and then we have on the right as you enter, we have our living room. And it's a pretty typical living room. Uh, except there's a lot of self-designed, self-made furniture, which is mm. kind of a through line throughout our house. Um, but normal TV, because we like to watch movies, and uh, record player, record collection. Um, and then we have, as you walk, there's kind of a long hallway throughout our house, and then everything is on either side of the hallway. So then we have, uh, uh, as you walk down the hallway, we have a, a bathroom um, with a tub and a shower. And uh, we have my office on the right, which is where I'm at right now. Uh, it's not very uh, warm and cozy right now because I'm blocking it all off. But yeah, um, uh, where I do... A lot of work at the computer where I'm at right now, where I, I program machines for work and I do some illustration stuff and whatever creative thing I'm working on. Hmm. And then my wife's uh, office is at the end of the hallway. And on the right, we have our bedroom and a doorway to the basement where we do laundry and <laughs> some of the home necessities, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I like, I love being able to visualize this. And so thank you yeah. for taking me on a little tour through your, your home. Um, what stands out to me is the fact that you, it, again, no surprise, you have um, pieces that you've made yourself that are the furnishings of your home. So I want to yeah. like, it's kind of dig deeper into your background as a uh, wood craftsman, furniture maker, you know, who is operating in like the, the Northeast. How did this start for you? How did you decide you wanted to become a, a wood furniture craftsman? Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I, um, I, well, I started actually kind of taking it all the way back to when I lived in the rural wooden area in Denmark. Uh, I used to whittle a lot, carve into whatever wood I found in the forest. And um, that kind of became its own little craft. Uh, I still carve and whittle spoons, knives, whatever, uh, bowls. Um, but yeah, so the love of working in wood definitely started back then. And I don't think I always had a love of furniture per se, but, um, yeah, I, I kind of fell into professional woodwork when I was 17 and I got my first job. Um, we were making a countertop for kitchen uh solid wood countertop a big company and uh i worked there for a number of years until uh the financial crisis of, uh 08 09 happened and then i started to reconsider what i was doing and what i wanted to do professionally and i then I feel like I got more interested in like finer woodworking and probably some furniture making from my job. We also make uh, diner tables and stuff like that. And then I moved to, uh, to Copenhagen. I had a girlfriend back then who had a, a job we moved there for. And uh, yeah, I was, I was kind of, roaming through life not really 
with any sort of direction. And then I enrolled in a school over there. And uh, that was a, a process of like four years. Um, the way it's set up in Denmark, you go back and forth between school and apprenticeship. So you learn everything about furniture, construction, design, reading, architectural drawing, uh, talking to clients, uh, all of that stuff in school. And then you go out in a workshop and you learn all of the things you need to know to actually work with your hands, work with machines and how to work with wood. Cause it's a, it's a complicated material. You, um, it's, it, it's a continuously living, uh, material. Like it never stops expanding and detracting throughout time. So there's a lot to understand about working in wood. Um, so yeah, with that, all of that combined, you end up having a, a final exam, making a final product and yeah, then you start your work life and, uh, yeah, I was lucky and, and got a nice job. Uh, ended up uh, being in charge of a furniture line in in Denmark. Um, and for listeners who don't know, uh, Denmark is very known for design and specifically for uh, wooden furniture in particular. And yeah. I wanted to like because I feel like that's actually one of the things that I hear about um, uh, kind of Danish and Scandinavian uh, like design in particular is especially it's like unique capabilities with woodwork, especially. And, um, and I also think it grows partly out of like um, there, there's these cultural pieces to uh, Danish Scandinavian life that really seem to value home, at least like from an American perspective, um, yeah. looking in, you know, um, so would you say more about like maybe some of the, uh, the values that, uh, undergird the, the Danish woodworking style or the Danish furniture making style? Like what, what are the, you know, design sensibilities or principles that inform that kind of work? Um, I would say, um, well, the, probably the biggest uh, factor in Danish design and woodworking and uh, yeah, furniture in general is is that it's very simple. It's uh, it's like a minimalist. Uh, like when you when you see a piece of furniture, it it's easy to see the lines. Like it's clear, simple lines mostly. And what makes it special is that it's oftentimes a piece of Danish furniture will look simple, but then to a craftsman, you can tell that it's complicated structural. Like mm -hmm. it, it's, um, we're known for having beautiful, sleek designs and, uh, complicated uh, joinery styles like the way the wood is put together is not simple though it might look simple it's pleasing to the eye and uh, sophisticated i guess mm -hmm. would yeah, be something a... that could appear so simple on the eye on the face of things is actually it's possible that it's that simple because of how complex the craftsmanship is. It sounds like. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and you know, the hearing the amount of training that you've put into learning all of that and everything, uh, you know, maybe play with this thought with me and extrapolate it. Um, sure. So like that sort of value for si uh, simplistic furniture design, how do you think that plays into the Danish approach to home life? 
Do you see any connections there? Um, I maybe I. So in in Denmark we have this expression that is uh, it's been like trending international <laughs> for years now, which is the word hygge. Um, which, I've heard this word, yeah, yeah, and it it translates somewhat to the word cozy, but um, it the way it differs is that it it describes the feeling of um, probably the same thing I was describing before, like togetherness in home, like that is cuckoo, mm-hmm. like you. You're warm and cozy. You're spending time with the, the people you love. You're you're feeling safe. You're looking at a fireplace. You're listening to nice music. Like all of these things brings you this feeling of kuka. And I will say, like in American homes, like going all around this country and meeting people, the Danish homes are are generally. I will say they're not as cozy as the American home. Like we are very, we're very simple. Like Danes, like everything simple, easy to look at. And off, like we will never paint our walls in colors. It's always like black and white. The art, it's going to probably going to be a shade of gray. So it's very cold. Mm. And then people bring the feeling of cuckoo or coziness to the home. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, um, it's different. It's um, like, I feel like Americans are very good at decorating at least some people. I'm not going to generalize there, but some, some people are very good at um, decorating, feeling at home, like being very welcoming. Danes are definitely not as welcoming as Americans are. And um, I feel like Americans are very good at feeling cozy at home. Like I've never worn uh, sweatpants and sweatshirts at home before. It's always, you're always very like casual, but still nicely dressed at home, even when you're relaxing in Denmark so it's very different um so the the simple design might might I don't know if it makes the home cozier because I don't really feel it does but the people bring it if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah um as you're describing the you know the Danish home uh, sleek lines, grays and blacks and whites and, yeah. uh, you know, this like wood, um, you know, wood furniture, it almost sounds like an empty canvas, you know? Yeah. And it's actually perhaps the people as you're describing who bring the life and color and painting um, yeah. to it. Um, that's like a metaphor that comes to mind. Does that ring true to you or what, what would you yeah, say? Yeah, I would say that's true. It is. That is true. We, um, it's definitely, uh, yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> and then we host each other, make food, sit down, the, the candles come out when the guests are there, you know, that type of stuff. You bring the out candles. the, yeah, I feel like that you're, or like whatever you put out on your tables. I feel like, um, normally when you walk into a Danish home, everything is clean and cleaned up and clean surfaces, everything. And then the, the guests come and people are good at like decorating, putting out candles or putting out, you know, making it nice with uh, flowers or decorations or stuff like that. Hmm. Sounds lovely. Yeah. Um, wow. I, and I, I find that uh, kind of contrast between your experience growing up in Denmark and, you know, spending so much of your life there and now, uh, living in the United States. So you've kind of walked between worlds a little bit in, um, 
at least between Denmark and American um, cultures. Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned that uh, with, yeah, maybe there's like a, a, a comfort value in American culture, like in the sense of, uh, you know, you put your sweatpants on and it's athleisure wear time or something like that. Um, yeah. And, and maybe a person, at least in your experience growing up, like more put together at home, uh, even when you're just there alone or something. Um, yeah. I find that very interesting. Yeah. There, yeah. Um, yeah, there is a, there is a big contrast. I, I feel like, um, another thing to mention probably is like the, like the wooden furniture that I'm so uh, thrilled about is, mm-hmm. is the side of, uh, sustainability. Like huh. you make a, a piece of furniture and it, like all the work I make, basically you can have for a lifetime or more. And that is a very common thing in, in Denmark and in Scandinavia that, um, it, I'm not saying we're perfect and everybody lived by this role, but there is a bigger thought to being, uh, sustainable and how you live like, ideally not being as consumer minded that you want to change out your furniture again and again over the years, but that you keep the furniture buy it once, buy it nice, buy it good quality and then take it with you. Hmm. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. So that, that like longevity perspective, even on like, you know, get the high quality craftsmanship, yeah, uh, buy it once. You know, it'll last forever. It's uh, uh, your whole lifetime. Pass it on along to the family <laughs> afterwards. That kind of thing. Yeah, Versus, and I do see what you're saying about you know the uh, consumeristic values of American culture. Um, there that can occasionally come with like a disposable mentality. Yeah, uh, yeah, kind of out with the old and with the new on a regular yeah. basis. Uh, which doesn't lend itself to valuing the level of craftsmanship that you're describing. And of course, you know, we are playing, we're playing with stereotypes here. These are all. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think there, but that is a, a pronounced difference that you're noticing. And, and actually I noticed too, you know, um, so uh, not, not that I'm uh, hearing you describe uh, Danish furniture and Danish way of life and everything. Um, that is like a piece that is like, oh, that's interesting. That's a little different. Um, so, yeah. Uh, now, I, w- I wanted to get into, you know, maybe like zoom in again on home life and maybe now again from a bring your expertise to bear on it too, but also from a personal angle. When home life is going like really, really well for you, yeah. what does that feel like? What does that look like? Um, how would you describe it? Um. I've definitely uh, thought about it while moving this time. We moved from, uh, during COVID, we ended up moving into my in-laws house and Mm -hmm. that was a whole different scenario because we had to share everything. Um, And I I feel like uh, I, I like to be in control of my house. I feel like, uh, if that makes sense, like, um, that's probably, uh, like one of the reasons that it's appealing to me to live rural is that there's not too many surprises around home. Like we lived in, mm-hmm. in, uh, San Diego and, uh, had a small, a little, uh, like a, a front lawn, uh, and we'd have people sleep there overnight and our, our, uh, people would barge into our private life all the time. And that feeling of like being in control of what you can do, having everything run smoothly, being able to like, also moving in, we had to buy a lot of new uh, furniture, contrary to what I just said about <laughs> keeping the same furniture, um, 
that it it's definitely when it's when it's smooth running at home is when I know where everything goes. Like this object goes on that shelf, and like you know where everything goes, and it it makes everything easy. Like you know if you want to make a mess one day and go full on into a project mode, you can because you know it's going to be easy to clean it all up because everything has a home like every mm-hmm. everything like you know this thing lives there and and like uh, yeah it's just like the small things you know like just like we didn't have a, a laundry machine for a couple months and and that just threw us off completely like mm-hmm. i feel like me and my wife were both very like kind of like anal about like it the thing have to be there you know <laughs> the like a little uh, you know control freaks in a way but in in a in a not too negative <laughs> way i hope <laughs> but having a home that run runs smoothly where um, there's no question about the rules or anything like that. Like mm-hmm. if that makes sense. That makes a ton of sense. And I mean, what you're describing is uh, basically like everything has its place, you know, where things go, things can get messy sometimes, but you put them back into place. Yeah. But also like the ease that comes with that in contrast to like dealing with a lot of disruptions, interruptions, you know, yeah. like things, really kind of throwing things sideways and everything. Um, yeah. What you, one thing you, um, that stood out to me and what you said is how much like physical objects and locations is actually like a pretty important, you know, piece for you of like when your home life feels really good. Uh, yeah. and, uh, you and your wife, you know, are on the same page with like things need to go where they need to go. Like, let's keep things a little organized and all of that. Uh, and I just think that's, um, you know, an interesting angle on yeah. uh, all of this, which is like when our possessions feel like they've exploded all over the house or, um, you know, there's no place for things to go. And you even use the phrase uh, for this thing to have its home, like yeah. as if like <laughs> our objects have a home within the home. Yeah. Um, and. I, I'm just like calling attention to that because it was a, a phrase that stood out to you. But do you have anything more to say about that idea of like uh, kind of things having their place? Um, no, I I feel like it has to do with uh, I feel like my my brain in general can be kind of cluttered, and hmm. there is like a there is a I don't know where I've read about it, but you can clean up a lot of your mind by cleaning up your home, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, if there's chaos in your home, there's going to be chaos in your mind. Like if you let everything cluster up, it's the same thing with everything else. Like you have a thought that you need to get out. You can't because there's so many other thoughts you need to, you know, work on like you clean up your your mind by cleaning up your house in a way and that's what that thought comes from i guess Hmm. like i i i tend to become anxious and and not uh like it stops everything you know if if you need your home to be clean you can't go into your project or you can't focus on your work or whatever Mm -hmm. because everything is all over the place so yeah i guess i'm just repeating myself but that's Uh, the thought i think the the interesting ad in what you just said is how much the environment reflects your mental space yeah um and actually this weird i don't know semi-mysterious connection that I couldn't fully explain at this point, at least, but like if, if things are in place in home, it gives, can, at least in your experience, bring a, 
a little bit more room for mental clarity. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's really interesting. So, uh, when, uh, on, so that we were kind of exploring like when home life's going great, it looks like, uh, you know, things having their place and, you know, this room for creativity and all of that. And part of what throws it sideways is what you're describing, which is things getting out of place and things being a mess and anything like that. What are the other, like, I don't know, pain points you run into with home or when things feel like they're, they're going south with home? Um, I guess that's sort of the same, but you know, it's like, I lived with my wife and, and definitely like we're normal people who don't always think alike and sometimes have arguments or whatever. It's a, that's a big part of our life or anything, but uh we're human and that's mm-hmm. sort of the same thing like it's sort of the reverse thing like then you have the the messy mind because you can't get out of whatever thing that's bothering you until you eventually work it out like you 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 clean that up too so it's like the opposite thing of like putting the things in the right spots you need to work things out between you. That's definitely a, a thing that will make me lose the feeling of home. Uh, mm-hmm. But I guess that comes back to having a safe space and not that I don't feel safe around my wife, but like yeah. having a, an argument or like bad energy in your home, it can, you know, it can be anything else really. Uh Yeah, mm-hmm. like being in the wrong mental state, which comes back to the same thing, but like having a clear mind and having a cluttered mind, like the times you come home from work and you're bothered by something that also takes out the fun and nice, cozy, safe feeling of mm-hmm. being in your safe space because you're mentally somewhere else. Like that'll take yeah. me out of the home feeling. Hmm. That makes sense. All of it, you know, is like so interconnected. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm hearing like, like your mental clarity, your mental, you know, sense of safeness and belonging at home and everything is connected not only to physical objects and them being in the right place, but also like relationally being cleared, cleared up when you yeah. know, with your wife, the people you live yeah. with. And, yeah. um, and, you know, that, that makes sense to me, right? That yeah. there's a connection between, um, you know, how well you're feeling as a person or, or like able to do things or get clear mentally. And if you had an argument with uh, your spouse and then you, you haven't cleared it up yet, right? Like that yeah. can really throw things off. Uh, and that makes a ton of sense to me as a fellow human who also argues with <laughs> his wife from time to time. Yeah. So, um, well, uh, Brian, this has been an awesome conversation. I wanted to kind of maybe blitz through a last uh, few questions with you, um, kind of uh, just because I, I like being thorough. And I know we've got <laughs> we've had such a great conversation, sure. and I haven't uh, perfectly allocated time to get through every single question. But it's because you've said such fascinating things to me. Um, <laughs> okay. So uh, I wanted to ask, you know, now thinking about like the way time plays out in your home, do you have any? Um, kind of daily, weekly, seasonally, uh, or like regularly repeating, um, things that you do at home, um, things that you, you find valuable to kind of repeat on a regular basis. Um, well, practically right now, uh, into to winter, I'm, I actually have it on right now for the interview, but I used it, uh, like a, I think you call it a therapy light. Like you get fake uh, sunbeams um, just so it's not like in the winter, there's not a lot of sun up here in Vermont, which I'm used to from Denmark, but we just moved here from San Diego, which is constant (laughs) sunlight all year long. Kind of the opposite, huh? Yeah. 
Um, so I'm definitely feeling feeling the lack of energy some days. Uh, so that right now, that's part of my routine that I try to sit down or do something where I can have the light on me. I flick it on in the morning when I wake up, and it's nice. It, it's a it's a very interesting device. Like I didn't have it in Denmark, but it 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 looks like an like a big iPad, and it shines the light like it's a photography uh, piece of photography gear. But even though it's cold, your body feel feels warm. It's like a to me it's magical. <laughs> it's, it's super <laughs> the nice. Magic of artificial sunlight. Yeah. Yeah important especially for the seasons how they play out in uh yeah you know places like vermont or denmark or or whatever yeah yeah um next question you know this might actually be your answer um but i was wondering if you have any like favorite possessions prize possessions things that you are useful in day to day so it sounds like one of them is your uh your uh big son you know but what what else uh, might be some of your prize possessions things you like to use regularly um, I have a, I have a lamp, like a petroleum lamp that I've had since my childhood. And, uh, that's probably like, um, going back to how I said, uh, that we in Denmark probably don't have the warmest homes, but then we bring out small objects to like feel at home when we have visitors over when I was yeah. a kid, it was always this one petroleum lamp. And if we were playing board games or uh, eating snacks around the TV or whatever, that lamp was always there. And it it's, uh, it gives out this like orange, like literally the orange of uh, the orange fruit when you light it up. And it's just mm. like a little... Yeah, I don't know that, that the shine of of that lamp is it's cozy and and warm and like familiar to me. So it, hmm. yeah, I'm I'm still kind of baffled that I've had it for so long. Like it traveled here from Denmark in a box, and everything was completely smashed when it got here. But that lamp was somehow still perfect, and it mostly glass. And yeah, the body of it is old brad so yeah that that one is definitely one of them and mm-hmm. um like of the things i use on a daily basis that i treasure it it's, it's kind of like self-involved but like uh, the, the stuff i make around the house like i said i i make small spoons and whatever and mm-hmm. uh just using those things and wearing them down and giving them character and patina over the years. That's hmm. a thing I'll always enjoy. Hmm. Uh, I do think in general, I, I very much treasure um, hmm. things that's been with me for a long time. Like, I don't really hmm. care that much that they don't look perfect anymore. It's the years of use that you can, that you can tell an object has in it that, I I end up cherishing more. So my lamp is not. Well, I I did say it's perfect, but it it really isn't. It is kind of falling apart, and I have to like uh, make it stick together every time I I whip it out to light it out. Up. But yeah, that's a prize possession. Definitely. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. And it, it rings true to me of your, um, your kind of call out of Danish, uh, design, having this value for like longevity of things and actually part of the, this woodwork getting its patina or your, your, uh, lamp having its dings and scratches and still cherishing it and holding it together rather than throwing it away. Um, like that's part of, uh, your training as a, a Danish designer yeah. has to do with like life, lifelong, sustainable, you know, cherish it uh, with yeah. your objects. That's really cool. 
Well, Brian, this has been a great interview. Thank you so much for participating in it and bringing your expertise to bear on it. Um, what are you working on right now? How could people get connected to you if they're interested in, um, I don't know, seeing some of your work or contracting you as a wood craftsman? Um, wh where can people find you? Well, uh, first of all, you're welcome and thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Um, I, uh, well, I, yeah, in my day job, I work at um, a place called uh, Mabel Corner Woodwork here in uh, Vermont. We make traditional American woodwork, uh, which is very different for me. But it's beautiful. It, it also lasts you a lifetime. And uh, you can check them out at MabelCornerWoodwork.com. Uh, and myself, I am uh, currently not super productive on my own, but uh, as soon as I really get a routine with my new job, I will be uh, sharing some more creations, and I'll do that on uh, my website, ryanjacobson.com, uh, and I'm also on Instagram at ry. Jacobson, uh, but you can find it all on my website, um, links and email, whatever. It's on there. Awesome. Well, thanks, Brian. Yeah, and um, I'll also be just kind of posting, a, a, you know, some of the information that Brian gave on the Home Life Design Lab blog, so that you can check out uh, his kind of centralized place as well as some of his written responses to the questions that we asked in case you just want to go back and uh, take a look at some of what he said. Um, thank you again, Brian. And thank you, everybody who has listened. We hope that this has been an intriguing conversation with you. You'll be able to take a look at, uh, you know, putting this in the scheme of my grand project with all this. I'm really investigating what it takes to create a home life that's marked by connection growth and uh, making your greatest contribution. We got to look at it from this angle today. And what I'm going to be doing with this interview is doing some kind of deeper analysis of it in the style of design research in order to see what are some of the themes that stood out in this conversation and then applying that across all the conversations that I'm having with other people uh, in order to discover, you know, what does it take to design a home life that you love? So uh, you can follow along with that at homelifedesignlab.com. Uh, it's also a place where you can sign up and contribute, pay for this newsletter in order to make sure that this work keeps happening. Uh, you know, I love doing this work, so please support it. Uh, and thank you again, Brian. We've enjoyed uh, this conversation. I hope everybody has enjoyed listening. Take care until next time.